0: Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out hey there thank you for tuning in to trans a rpg we are an all transgender people of color led 100 homebrew dungeons and dragons fifth edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non-colonial anti-orientalist world i am your game master connie my pronouns are they he and she and my cast is as follows C. Thomas plays Oka Hien, an awesomear bloodhunter. Max Guo plays Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer. Erika Fladland plays V. Noxherzo, an elf sorcerer. Valiant Dorian plays Voska, a yuanti bard. Hamna Shahid plays Jaron Cotter, a dragonborn rogue. Dare Hickman plays Gentle, a triton monk. Quinn B. Rodriguez plays Sitlali, a changeling cleric. And Austin Knight plays Abiku Ishtar, a reborn goliath ranger. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include complex and complicated relationships, romance, flirting, references to sexual entanglements, death of loved ones, grief, and trauma. Arc 6, Episode 7. Forgiven, Forgiven. From a list of words that are shapeshifters by Noor Unahar. It's high summer, and the silent grove is whispering. Long, slender fingers of bamboo tilt in the warm, sticky breeze. The smell of earth, pungent and dark, sifts through the air. Birds trill and lilt and sing. Emerald bushes rustle with the quick, fleeting bodies of rabbits. A river gargles over mossy stone. And a girl, seven years old, tripping over the long hem of her tiny robe, runs through the thicket, laughing, her little face plump and red like a peach. Following Sambaya is Liangya, eleven thick glasses slipping down the bridge of her sweaty nose and Toya. 14, sullen and pretty, the powder sweating off her face, currently being carried on the back of their eldest sibling, 17, Makoya Hien. Oka, what does Makoya look like?
1: Makoya Hien is slightly shorter than Oka is now. I think still growing into the angles of their shoulder and their jaw. Their hair is long, beautiful, braided in this single straight plate down their back. It nearly touches the ground as they walk, uh, pinched a little bit underneath of their sister's weight. Their face is completely unscarred, elegant, fierce, sharp, cunning, and clever, smattered with freckles all across the bridge of their nose, down into these simple but elegant robes that look like they were once blue, like the ones their sisters are wearing, but There are stains, dye marks, like Oka tried to dye them black, but the ink didn't quite take all the way. They've got a small silver circlet on, and their face, I think, is unlike any other face that Oka has ever made before. There's no tension, no rage, no pain in their expression. Just open curiosity. A simple measure of determination, a small sheen of sweat from carrying Toya over their shoulder, and a little bit of joy. Because what's more fun than breaking the rules to make their sister happy?
0: I think, uh, Yaya is sort of, like, traipsing ahead. Uh, ya is, like, trying to catch up with her, but she's dexterous, very, like, quick and fast on her feet as a seven-year-old, and she's just going, magic, 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 magic. I want to see some magic. Uh, uh, Oka, Macoya. Makoya. Can we see some magic before we get home again? Please, 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 please.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Toya twisted her ankle. We need to get back so that Liangya can properly set it in the med ward. And besides, we saw the waterfall back there. It was beautiful.
0: (sighs) Yeah, I guess the water was pretty or whatever, but you promised magic. And it was just water. It wasn't magical water. I tested it.
1: Uh, How did you test it, darling? I drank
0: it and I didn't turn into a mermaid, so everyone knows magic water turns you into a mermaid.
1: And Oka kind of nods, like, takes a moment to wipe a sheen of sweat off their forehead. Well, maybe Toya and Lianya could help me find some mermaid water back at the palace? Yes, yes, back at the palace. Yaya, my ankle
0: really hurts, okay? I think, I think it might be broken or something. And Liangya, this, like, big, thick, like, with the big, thick glasses, just sort of mutters under her breath. It's hardly a sprain.
1: You're fine. You could probably walk on it, Toya. What was that? Nothing? No, nothing? <laughs> Don't worry, Liangya. I'm fine to carry Toya.
0: Toya, stop being the baby of the family. little... And I think Toya sort of, like, kicks you, almost like you're a horse, to, like, go get... Come on!
1: Get her. All right. You want to see some magic, Yaya? Well, I'm going to turn into a monster. Ah! Ah! Uh, (laughs) And Oka kind of like uses Toya on their back and hunches down and over and kind of gallops forward, like hopping a little bit.
0: Toya screams (laughs) as she almost like loses her balance a little bit and is flailing going like, this is stop it. You're not. You're going to get the ropes dirty. Uh, And, like, it's all of you just, like, laughing as Yaya shrieks in glee and starts, like, peeling off, like, running from the quote-unquote monster that is their uh, eldest sibling. And watching this scene, Oka, you stand in the silent grove gazing upon yourself seven years ago, one lifetime ago. The edges of your body, not Mikoya's, yours, scarred, crisscrossed, broken, are translucent, shimmering, ghostly. The summer breeze that wafts through swaying stalks of emerald green bamboo doesn't quite seem to touch you. You're not here, but you are. You're here, but you're not. Dewey, Vasca, Sitlali, and Mercy are also here. Also ghostly, your collective presence, shivering in the empty spaces between strands of the weave. Your bodies are pale, washed out, like blotches of water on blank canvas. And Oka, your wings, your radiant, fiery, shattered wings are still splayed, still ribbiting out of your back. They have no end. This is a memory. This is real. This is an echo. This is the past. This is now. This hasn't happened yet. This has already occurred. All of these statements are true.
1: Oka, what do you do? Oka, I think, having just done the most intense magic that they've ever done before, Slides their blade out of Vasca's back. And I think when it comes when it comes off. Yeah, because technically that's still happening. Oka's just standing there with Voska in hand. <laughs> you the are side. right!
2: You are right. It just reminded me of the <laughs> positioning that we're in last year. Looking upon happy children. There's a blade in me.
3: That's fine. <laughs>
1: Voska kebab, Max, I'm just going to say that right out loud. Oka slides Dream Hunter out of Vaska's chest. And I think out the back, these, like, gossamer threads that are coming out of their wings and off of their body and are, like, pierced through their body, I think almost catch on Vaska, And it's, like, threads of ice being pulled between, like, the edge of the blade and Vaska's back as they, like, pull, pull, pull until the wound is just, like, not there, and they kind of just bring Dream Hunter down and step forward. And I think when they step forward, like this ghostly form of themselves still mostly transformed into halfway into a Celian, not themselves, not even this person that they used to be, not even close. And they step out of themselves and they split in two. And Oka, like, Oka Oka, short hair, scars, buzz, Oka Oka, as a ghost, steps to one side. And I think that Celian steps to the other, still, like, interspersed, woven together with these gossamer threads as Oka takes, like, two steps towards their sisters. Mm.
0: I think it's almost like stepping out of armor, right? Like, the Oka self that, like, distends into two, it looks like the oka that we know and, and love. And the oka that's left behind, this shattered remnant of the Telian with the long, snarling snout. I think the antlers fully sprouted, the scales leeching, this kind of black golden blood from various wounds, and, and the threads of soul magic and destiny that bind all of you together in this moment, still dripping off of its form. It's Oka, and then it's the monstrous side of Oka that is also the Celian, right? Just poof,
1: Diverge like shadows underneath a twin sun. And Oka just watches. They know how this plays out. They've seen it before, even, but they've never really seen it. Not like this.
2: If we are all positioned the same way before we arrived here, I think as soon as Oka removes the blade and the ice coalesces around Voska's wound, she falters a little bit from the sheer fact that she was just stabbed. Kind of crouching upon her knees, Silali before her as she quickly checks to see what has happened with Silali before looking up at what Oka is watching, as a lot has just transpired in the past few moments.
3: I think Sitlali's breathing is shallow, but there. And as you look down Vasca, her eyes haven't opened yet, but you see, I think, I think that their clothing probably got fucked up enough from the all of that, uh, that you can see and like you're used to looking at the scars from Vinosh, right? Like those angry red lines that trace her entire body. But as you look down, you see one of the lines in the like larger cluster over their heart kind of darkens and that darkness travels a little bit. And then it's almost like you watch ink kind of pour off of it into a leaf and then another leaf, and then kind of up closer to the throat, an orange and yellow bud of a flower that has not opened yet.
0: I think Mercy, who is frozen with her foot still in the air, about to kick Vaska in the chest, like, the magic unbinds her as Oka steps away from the group, and she, like, comes down really hard, staggers, and I think just falls, using the momentum, onto her knees. I think a... even though she she falls really hard, uh, the breeze of it doesn't whip up any leaves uh, or dirt here. It's almost like your presence has no impact on the reality of what's happening around you. Uh, but Mercy isn't even looking at any of that. She is just frantic over Sitlali's body. Her eye, her eye, like wide and shocked and terrified as she sees those like old wounds and scars begin to change and turn into these floral patterns, and her hands are just sort of, like, shaking and trembling, as she's, like, mulling over Sitlali's body. Uh, Sitlali? Sitlali, what, what is, what's happening? What, are, 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 are you back? Are, are, are you okay now? What, what, hey, hey, hey. And Mercy is going to pat the side of your cheek desperately, Sitlali, and try to rouse you.
3: And I think she feels it. And opens their eyes, and looks up at her. And like it is the most lost puppy dog look that Sitlali has ever given, even after like the the nothing plane. Like it is the most fragile look. And I don't I don't think that they they haven't processed what has happened. They're still kind of in the what what huh hmm hello. Um. So I don't think words come, but she just like makes eye contact with Mercy and holds it desperately.
0: <sighs> <sighs> and like this terror and this stress and this grief that was starting to completely take hold of Mercy and implode her just sort of like like sloughs off her body as just relief crashes and pummels through her and she, <sighs> say, Holly, hey, 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 you're okay. All right, you're okay. You're okay. You, uh, uh, we we don't have to talk about what happened, but you're, you're you're okay now, okay? Just you're fine. I'm here. I'm here.
3: I think that Molly tries to nod, and it hurts too much. I think moving in general hurts too much. Yeah. And um, she just kind of bl- like blinks rapidly in an attempt to communicate, but um, I don't know how much mercy gets out of that. I <laughs> no, think I think Vaska just like
2: sees you moving and is like watching this patterning and she's just trying to determine what's going on with you as as soon as the realization that you're fine and alive fosca exhales this very quiet sigh of relief but begins working on checking what's going on with you and almost like s- soul wise checkup and just going through your body and if you attempt to move she goes please try not to move and she's still like kind of like working on it, like pulling these tight uh, threads of gold and orange. And it's just like slowly just trying to repair you because you are extremely injured and there's no space right now to know what's
4: going on here.
0: Dewey, what are you doing?
4: Um, I think Dewey was holding on to Sitlali by the dimensional shackles when this when we got transported, uh, and he sees he looks down and sees that they're okay, uh, quotation marks, uh, and being tended to, and he um, lowers their hands down to the ground and unsum- unsummons the shackles, um, and then sort of sees that okay is split into two, um, and gives like the the Chilean side like a, a sidelong glance, like um, a little bit worried, but then takes a step and kind of, uh, looks around Oka's, uh, to Oka's front, um, to see what's, what's going on.
0: Yeah, Oka, as you take a step forward and Dewey leans around to assess the situation, you feel something tug at you, and it's almost like you're still leashed. Your Telian form. When you step forward, it steps forward too, almost reluctantly, like you're forcing it to move, like it's a shadow that doesn't want to obey its caster. Uh, and then you see it. Past the stalks, past a boulder, past a small, gurgling brook, the nightmare. It's just standing there, stalk still like a statue its antlers tall and golden in the summer light, its scales glistening, its long, slender legs tense and paralyzed almost. Magical flames lick off its body, producing no fire, no heat, no smoke. Its eyes are white, clear, glossy. Yaya sees it first. Uh, Her eyes widen. And she sort of, like, like stumbles to a halt in wonder, and her mouth falls open. Oh, oh. And without waiting for Liangya or Toya or Makoya, she starts tottering toward it, running, crashing through the various bamboo stalks and brambles and whatnot, arms stretched out in excitement and an awestruck wonder. Qilin! Qilin! It's a magical Qilin! Uh, Toya! Liangya! Makoya! Look! Look!
1: Qilin! And I think that's the moment that Makoya knows that something is wrong. And they freeze for a moment. They're like hunched over, looking up. And their heart just sinks all the way down because this is not right. This is not right. And there's something in their soul that knows that this is not right. Mm.
0: I think, like, Liangya is just going, oh, Yaya, what are you talking about? What, What is that? Is that a deer? Uh, and Yaya's just going, it's a Xilin! It's a Xilin! And it's just crashing through the wood, and Toya is sort of slung annoyedly over Makoya. Neither Liangya or Toya have registered, I think, the oddness of that monster yet, and Toya's going, what? Liangya, can you tell Yaya it's just like a deer or something? Because my ankle really hurts, and I don't want her to think that it's a, like, just some
1: weird deer and she's gonna make exaggerations. Yaya, get back here, and Makoya, I think, just, like, kind of drops Toya off to the side and goes kind of, like, crash like, real fast, just right, right, real fast, uh, like, after Yaya.
0: Yes, you, like, Makoya just crashes through the branches, through the stalks, through the the brush, and mm, no birds flutter away, no insects stop chirping because you're not sure when it happened, but a while ago silent grove fell truly silent, uh, and as it's just the sound of your own like breath huffing and your foot your footsteps crashing through the soil, uh, we see like Yaya tottering toward it. Still, she has like a quite a big lead, I think, on the rest of your on the rest of your family because she was just sort of forging ahead. And now, this thing, this monster, turns upon hearing this commotion, and Makoya you see that, yes, there is something off about this emissary, something deeply sick and twisted and wrong. Its snout is foaming with black froth. Its entire body twitches once, twice, like a fly caught in a death spasm, Uh, and then it kind of jerks forward, just rearing to life all of a sudden. It was still, and then boom, it's at 80. It clips a circle, actually, almost like staggering, and then it stops looking away from Yaya, its head sort of cocked up at the sky, like it forgot why it started moving in the first place.
1: Uh, and Yaya continues running forward.
0: Zilean! Zilean!
1: And I think in the present, so to speak, the ghost form of who Oka is now, they kind of look down at Dewey. Oh, this is the day I died. And they look back up. And then they almost turn to the and What was wrong with you? And the shattered echo
0: of the Telian soul, given form and faculty here in this strange, shattered, yes-not reality, turns its elongated snout toward you. You see a mirror of yourself reflected in its face, and you also see it seeing a reflection of itself in yours. Uh, and its snout doesn't move, but you hear its voice emanating in your head as it speaks. Pain. Pain. Uh, and you see sort of, like, I think mist, almost fiery mist coil out of its nostrils as its psychic words ring through your head. Uh, and that's when the Thelian in the past turns fully uh, upon Yaya, I think, like, sort of jerking, jittering, like, shuddering a little bit. Like, every movement seems to, like, rack it with what you, Oka, now in the present recognize as pain. Uh, this thing is, it's beyond injured. It's like every movement it makes is just sender, sending waves of suffering through its body as it, <coughs> like, turns and looks at Yaya. And that's when Yaya stops. Uh, she just sort of, like, slows down from, like, a run. Like, her head sort of cocks to the side, and we see, like, her kind of peach-round face, like, darken, uh, as this, like, expression of childish wonder slowly turns into something more neutral. It hasn't hit something horrified yet. Uh, she just sort of, huh, like, sort of stops running, maybe, and and stops about 15 feet away, and just stops.
1: And that's when Oka tackles her. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oka, you run forward and you tackle her away, right? You hold uh, hold her in your arms and you roll and hit the ground, uh, missing the Celian that was charging with its antlers down, like, by a hair. Uh, it had crossed the divide of 15 feet in a split second, and bam, it's just, like, tumbling past the space where your little sister and your body used to be as you hit the ground. And I think, Yaya's fine. She's just startled. She's going, what? Oka? And she starts to scream. She just starts to, like, scream, just in shock and not knowing what's happening.
1: Toya! Lianya! Take somebody and run, now! And Oka has already drawn this, like, gorgeous uh, Dao blade that they had in arc 1, like, out, and they're already brandishing it and, like, turning it, using their entire body to cover Lianya and their sisters. Yes.
0: I think you turn, and we see Toya and Lianga catch up behind you, and, uh, Toya is no longer limping off the quote-unquote sprained ankle she was using. She's just running, like, full force. Like, she's fu- like she grabs Yaya, like, scoops her up, and Yaya at this point is crying, uh, in fear because she doesn't really know what's happening, but she knows it's bad, and Lianga is shrinking back. I think her glasses fogging up from exertion and also terror, and she's, like, also hiding behind you, Oka, uh, and— Makoya is, like, one step back, another step back, but she, her courage hasn't broken yet, uh, and she's saying, Makoya, Makoya, come on! Run! Go! Go now! Go now! Okay, okay! Uh, and she nods, grabs, like, Liangya by the scruff of her robe and starts, like, pulling both of your younger sisters away, uh, and that's when the Tzilian sort of shakes its head off, like, shakes off its miss, like like one, two, shake, and it turns and it, without preamble, without even like gathering its bearings, it charges you. Like head down, bam, just charges you with those antlers. And I
1: think in the past, Makoya has maneuvered themselves so that they are in the opposite direction of their sisters. Like they're drawing it away from them intentionally and intentionally making a lot of noise so it sees them first. And Oka, this is so fun. Oka, Oka. I think like hearing this response from the Celian, kind of snorts <laughs> my footwork is so sloppy as they're like watching this all go down who did that to you why were you in so much pain
0: I just wanted the pain to end I just wanted it to Stop the blood, the black blood, mother's blood. And you see the Celion in the past gore you. Uh, It lowers its head, you draw it away from your sisters, and its antler, it's too fast and too strong and too divine pierces through your solar plexus and your sternum, and, like, I think we all see, like, Makoya's body rise up into the air, impaled, like, upon it, uh, and in that moment, Makoya, before you begin to die, how do you slay this beast?
1: Makoya, kind of, like, flung open, knows that if they don't do it here and don't do it now, it'll chase them down, and they take both hands on the dowel blade and drive it just down and forward into the base of this thing's neck. Uh, in the, like, almost anatomical precision of, to, like, break that nerve ending in the spine. And yeah, just... the brain
0: stem. Yeah, okay, just bam, down, right? And there's, I think, a burst of golden blood just explodes from that point. Uh, and then, I think, as, after time slows down, it, like, hurries up again, and you fly through, like, you fly through branches and trees, uh, and shrubbery and the slender fingers of bamboo stalks, and then you hit something really hard, and you slump. Uh, and we also see that Celian just sort of stagger with, like, your sword poking out of, like, the stem of its neck as it just sort of, like enters, I think, like, a, a death jig, almost, like, it just sort of spasms, uh, and then just sort of, like, falls onto its side, its legs twitching, uh, as blood starts pooling, pooling through the leaves, golden blood pooling through the leaves, and it's twitches once, twitches twice, and then kind of stops moving. Uh, and that's when your younger sister's screams begin to shatter the silence of the grove.
1: And I think from where we are in the present so to speak. It's almost like time kind of like time space kind of folds where we didn't walk but we're all closer now I think over Oka's body and it just kind of happens and Oka looks down at themselves at this like hole in their chest that I think is starting to like knit with black and gold blood and red blood their blood. And I think they touch their shirt like in this ghostly form where this like red bloom is just starting to like pool like a ghostly memory, like just kind of coming down. And I think that Celian ghost self also, I think starts to bleed this like ghostly blood. Although I don't think they hurt necessarily. Why are you showing this to me?
0: The Cillian version of you, Oka, just sort of slowly turns its elongated face toward you and says, every word punctuated by another gust of that mist twining upward from its nostrils. You brought us here. This wasn't my doing and we pan now across this grove to Toya, Liangya, and Yaya, like, gathered around Makoya's broken, battered body. Uh, and you're sort of slumped, I think, at the base of a tree, uh, your blood kind of staining your robe, pouring into the grass, mixing with the gold blood of the Tilian's corpse lying nearby, Uh, and we sort of see your, like, double-peopled eyes. The life is draining from them. With every passing second, they're growing flatter and flatter, and more and more lifeless. Uh, and Toya is just, uh, I think surprisingly calm. Uh, her hands are sort of up and, like, covering that hole, uh, over Makoya's uh, chest, that wound, uh, and she's saying, like, Liangya, Liangya, you remember your medical training, yes? Uh, you brought your kit with you, yes? Can you, mm, can you help Makoya, please? Liangya? And Liangya is just standing there, like, in shock, not moving. She's just, like, standing above Makoya's body and looking, and Yaya is just crying. She's just crying this entire time, just wailing and sobbing and screaming and crying. And, uh, it's with the backdrop of this, like, screaming child that Toya just goes, Liangya? Liangya? yeah uh, And Lianya snaps out of it like her, her, like she she trembles and shakes like she she was like um like there was a thunderclap nearby and she immediately get, gets into action like she pulls out this like little medical kit from her like robe and sash like hands trembling she like opens it up, opens it up and pulls out some like thick wads of gauze and starts staunching it. Uh, and she also, like, pulls up, like, a thread and a needle but keeps dropping it. Like, she's just sort of, like, trying to thread a little bit of, like, string through the needle and shakes her head and then drops it and just sort of, like, puts it aside. Uh, and she <sighs> closes her eyes, like, her, her glasses fogging up, and all of you feel the weave tense from the past as Liangga is trying to figure out what's happening and, like, do some sort of healing magic and, like, pull Makoya back. <sighs> um... Um, um, Liangya, Liangya, I need you to talk to me. What's happening? Can you heal it? Can you stitch it back up? Healing word or cure wounds? You know those spells, right? No, no. They're far, they're too far gone. I can't, no, they're, they're, they're too far gone. Their, their soul's not in their body anymore. What? What, we'll bring it back. Bring it back, Lianya! Come on, you're, you're the prodigy of the family! Bring it back! And Lianya goes, okay, 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 okay. Um, um. And we feel this 11-year-old uh, pulling at the weave around her, like, desperately. Like, she starts, like, doing these, like, somatic gestures that all of you from the future in a ghostly form recognize as extremely advanced, especially for her age, uh, but she's inexperienced. You get the feeling she's only read about these gestures in a textbook, and is trying to, but she has, like, perfect memory, so she's, like, doing it in a really stiff way that's not really, like, based on experience and having done it before. Uh, so she's trying desperately, and the weave is responding. But Voska and Sitlali, and also Dewey, because you're a paragon. Definitely not Mercy, though. Uh, the three of you, and Oka from the future, see soul. Shimmer. Slowly, like an aurora borealis, right above Makoya's body.
1: And Oka, tell me, what is the color of Makoya's soul? Makoya Hien's soul is blue. Blue, clear, like their eyes. Almost that double tone where if you shift it in the light back and forth, it changes hue.
0: I love that. Yeah, we see this beautiful shimmering azure, like dark, rich blue just appear above Makoya's chest. And we see Liangya trying to pull at it. You get the sense she can't see it. She's just, she's almost like a person blindfolded, trying to put together a puzzle piece. Uh, and she's just sort of like reaching, grasping desperately. If she were perhaps more experienced, she might be able to see it, but she's not. Uh, so she's just going, I, th- I, I think, I think. And we see pieces of Makoya's soul sort of start to like get sucked back into the chest. Um, but a lot of it, maybe half of it, is starting to drift up and away. And even the pieces that Leonga's sucking back in also slip past her fingers and float back up. And Oka, as you keep watching and watching, waiting for the moment where Liangya uh, rescues you, it doesn't happen. Uh, you see the life continue to drain from your eyes. Liangya continue to, like, pull at it, but it's like trying to catch sand through a sieve. Uh, she gets some, but uh, then it leaves. She gets some, but then it leaves. Like, she's not getting anything. And we also see the Tilian soul start to rise off of its corpse, too. A pure golden soul, like shafts of sunlight just radiating off of its body. Uh, and as, as both Mikoya and the Telian soul rise into the ether it, toward the ethereal plane, eventually attempting to cross into the after, we see it begin to commingle a little bit uh, in the miasmic uh, magic ambience of the air around all of this. What do you all do?
3: I think Sitlali given the everything that has transpired is like extremely in tune with the weave right now in a way that they never truly have been. And I think as they feel all of this like action and tension in the weave happening, their eyes kind of widen with the realization of what is happening and where they are based on like sounds. And as their eyes snap open, the bud that was blooming on in, like, a tattoo sort of form on her chest, blooms into a marigold. And she can't, she's in too much pain to, like, move and cast and do magic the way she was taught to do. And that somehow brings their thoughts to Dr. O. And Dr. O's magic. And how it's primal and intuitive. And they just kind of do it. And Sitlali knows that this is maybe their only shot. So, Connie, I'd like to do something a little unhinged. Okay. Uh, And I would like Sitlali using their extreme proximity to the after and the weave, their knowledge about Dr. Eluso and theoretically how they do magic and her own blood to lift their own soul out of their body and follow Makoya to thereafter.
0: Make a spellcasting ability check.
3: It's a natural 19 plus 10, which is 29, plus my proficiency, which is five. So 31, 32, 33,
0: 34. <laughs> that was literally the second highest number you could you could have gotten. Um Sitlali. Your eyes open, the marigold blooms, and you just… <laughs> you do it. You forward your soul back toward the after, uh, back toward the direction that Vasca had been trying to pull you away from. I think
3: they're already in kind of, like, ghostly forms because of reality broken, TM, but I think Sitlali's soul… I think they struggle, and this, her soul just kind of sits up outside of their body and i think we watch sitlali climb out of their own body and start to drag itself in the direction of Makoya. Bef- right before she sits up out of herself she kind of i think she spit sitlali spits this, spits blood a bit mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. Vaska. hold on and trust me, okay? And then they do it. They sit up out of their body and drag themselves after Makoya Hien.
2: Bosca, in response to this, initially as she's hearing these children wail and scream and watching intuitively as the weave constricts and pulls and watching in live form before her, what happens to Makoya and soul, And having seen what happened to Oka's soul, feels the need to actually influence the, the time before, maybe she can do it again. It's almost a brief moment where she lets go of Silali's tether, thinking that they are stable enough to stand up and aid Oka and hear Solali call her name and her eyes widen in a primal fear once more and as soon as you get up she sees that rainbow pastel tether begin moving and she Perhaps to Mercy and to everyone else, it is not as clear, but she grabs onto it like a lifeline and begins pulling with all of her might to keep it tethered within her hands, her bloodied hands covered with blood and ice and is holding desperately onto Silali's tether.
0: Vaska, make me a spellcasting ability check to see how well you can keep Sitlali grounded or if she will be lost. Okay.
2: That is a natural 17 plus
0: 10. That's 27 plus 5. 32. Okay. You grab onto, like, the end of Sitlali's soul, essentially, and you keep it tethered here so she doesn't... Literally, like, like... become lost forever, (laughs) presumably. Uh, And Sitlali, you feel that tether, right? Like, I think you start to feel yourself, like, drift away a bit, and then you feel Vasca, like, grab onto you and hold you anchored, right? Like you trusted her to do. Uh, And you continue to crawl toward Makoya Hien's after. But before we get there, we're going to swivel back toward Dewey.
4: Dewey was uh, had his neck his neck craned around to look at Oka um, this whole time, and then he hears uh, Sitlali speak for the first time, and he looks back, and they are sitting up out of their body, <laughs> and he goes scrambling for the shackles he just the dimensional shackles he just took off of them too soon, uh, and he's just like checking all of his pockets and looking uh, furiously reaching into the. Um, the godjar, the forge, his paragon weapon. Um, looking for it, but he can't summon it again because you can only summon it once a day. Um, and he sees Vasca holding onto this almost imperceptible tether for dear life, and he just sort of, he just sort of drops um, the godjar to the ground and and grabs onto Vasca's waist <laughs> uh, as if to try and also help keep her grounded.
0: I love that! Yes, Dewey. Um, I think on this image of you grabbing onto Vasca's waist, we pan up to Oka and the Tielian watching Liangya try and, it appears to be, like, try and fail to bring even, like, a part of Oka's soul back into their body. And you see that, she, like, she seems completely unaware that the their soul is there as well. And you remember what Vasca told you about how your soul was composed back during the potluck, right, with, at Dr. Aluso's cottage, that it appeared that Liangya had grabbed onto various shattered pieces, just kind of, like, like haphazardly, of both your soul and the liens and just stuffed them into your body, and that's how you survived. But that doesn't seem to be the case here. Liangya just isn't grabbing onto anything at all. And with every passing second, you from the past are starting to look a little bit more, mm, gone. And, Oka, you glance down at your hands, and you see that they've begun to fade. You notice that the echo of the telian beside you is also starting to fade as well. Like, from the antlers, like, from their, like, feet and their own clawed hands, and they sort of look down and cock their head to the side. This is
2: wrong.
1: No, Ryanga, you can do it, come on. Come on, Liyangya.
0: It is n- not enough.
1: And Oka does the math. And they watch, they see it. And they reach, they reach out with one hand, almost like placing it over Liyangya's, and then the other one. And they just kind of furrow their brow, close their eyes, but they know it's it's not enough. Even them now, it's not enough. And they can feel something going on behind them. This tether. Vasca's busy. Dewey's busy. Sitlali's busy. And they look at the Telian. I need your I need your help.
0: The Telian extends a clawed hand that's starting to fade at the tips and places it over your own. Uh, and both of you place your ghostly hands down onto Liangya's, like, grasping, reaching hands. And we cut to the material plane seven years in the past where we don't see any of your ghostly forms at all. It's just Liangya desperately weaving through magic and Toya going, Liangya, Liangya, please, 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 Liangya, come on, please. What's going on? Talk to me. And Liangya is just, like, not responding. She's focusing, and then we see her pause and look at her hand and narrow her eyes and frown. Like, in this, like, strange intuitive wonder. And then she allows herself to be guided by a force she doesn't she doesn't understand, that feels familiar and unfamiliar at once, but she's just trusting it in this moment, and she's letting it hold, and she starts to see threads that she wasn't able to perceive before, like she's just following a dance someone else has laid out for her, and now in the ghostly realm, we see Oka and the Tilian helping Liangya pull parts of Oka's soul and the Tilians back into Oka's body, and with every shattered remnant of that soul being placed back into into your form. You see the life start to flush back into your cheeks, back into Makoya's skin and body, back into your blood.
1: And I think the blood itself starts to knit, literally braids itself up onto their chest. Underneath, I think Toya's hands, which were like covering the the gauze that was definitely not gonna do anything. You know what I mean? But underneath we start to see these, these networks of like a star. This golden thread literally getting stitched back into their body, coalescing down, 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 like, all the way up their neck, this, like, carving through their lips, too, like, it just, like, it just goes all the way down. And it, like, starts to suture itself up as Oka and the Tsi start to, like, it's almost like a dance. Right, and I think the more they do it the, more, the like the less they are two shadows and the more they start to just kind of like fold into each other like Oka's arm actually just reaches into the Celians and extends through it and then it's their skin it's their body still ghostly because we're not really where we're supposed to be but th- I think at the end of this there's no longer two of them they just kind of melt back into each other Mm.
0: As you reunite with your monstrous side, with your darkness, with your nightmare, with the Tillion that killed you, the Tillion that made you, you hear its voice, I think, speak back toward you as it accepts you again, and you accept it. Mother's blood. The corruption that ailed me. Singed my soul, addled my nerves, came from artifice made within a laboratory, tethered here by a void empty oblivion. Uhana-i.
1: Oka has waited eight years to know exactly why this day happened. And I think it is with like one final pull and tug that they break themselves into reality and break themselves back into their own body and the wound seals up and Makoya Hien wakes up. I think on Makoya
0: Hien, oh, gasping awake against all odds, we cut into The after. Mikoya Hien's after. Mikoya, you are in a grove? Yes, a grove, the silent grove. It's beautiful, light shafting through the branches, the sound of birdsong, gurgling brook, the smell of leaves and soil, and is that you? Is that your body? Are those your sisters? Huddling over it, desperate, screaming, crying. They turn into mist and they float away. And the only things around you now are those ghostly tendrils of bamboo stalks that also eventually turn to mist and float away until you are alone in this... Empty, white space, brimming still with magic. And you hear a voice. What the fuck? And you turn to see someone you don't recognize. Someone who seems to be stitched of magic, fully and completely. A tall, imposing almost, but slender, imposing in a charismatic sense, changeling person with, a uh, whitish, translucent, pale skin and, uh, long, silken hair tied up into a tall ponytail. One of their eyes is exactly like yours, pitch blue with double pupils, and the other one, every time they blink, changes a different multitude of swirling colors, becomes someone else's eye. And Shu Hai Miao... Looking at Makoya Hien, Makoya Hien's usher into the after, cocks their head to the side. What the fuck is wrong with you? Huh? Who are you? You're broken. Shattered. You're not whole. Look at yourself. And Makoya, like, looks down. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? And Mikoya, as you glance down, you see that there is a hole through the center of your chest.
4: Oh.
1: And they kind of, like, touch it in that way that Oka always does. They're always playing with the front of their shirt. And they touch it. Oh. Does this mean that I'm dead?
0: Yes. Yes, it does. You're dead, but your soul hasn't passed into the after yet. I'm supposed to guide you there. I'm the one for you. But you're not ready yet. And you're not whole. What happened to you? Where's the rest of you? Isn't. I. I don't know. And who the fuck are you? And Shuhai turns to see Sit Lolly. Uh, who I think ripples into existence and is tethered, like, this tether extends from the back of your body, like, into the white mist, beyond.
3: Oh. Shuhai. Didn't think you'd be the... I guess that makes sense, though. You, hmm. Uh, you need to come with me, actually, not them. They say to McCoy. (laughs) Uh... Who the fuck are you? I'm your future best friend, so you should probably just listen to me. My name's Sitlali. You're gonna love me. It's gonna be great.
1: I don't know. You're kind of an asshole already. Why would I be friends with you? I mean, you're kind of an asshole. That's why we're
3: friends. It's why it's work. it works, the dynamic. It's, it's just what it is.
0: Uh,
1: well,
0: wait, who are you then? They turn to Shuhei. I am Shuhei Miao, paragon of Sen and your predecessor. We share the same soul, Makoya. And what has happened to yours happened to mine is a disgrace. You, and Shuhai turns to look at you against it, Lolly. You are here early, and you are not ready yet. You don't have the things you need to bring Makoya's soul back, do you? I assume the whole,
3: like, force of will fact that I'm here in general would be enough to do it. Um, also, you kind of killed me, so, like... What's up with that? Why are you fighting
0: us? Because you don't deserve to help. You didn't until you did. And you. And Shuhei turns back to you, Makoya. <sighs> I suppose this... This may have to do for now.
1: Uh, and they hold out Wait, a Wait, hold on. What the fuck is a paragon?
0: And on that... Uh, I think we pull out of this, like, ethereal plane again, uh, and two, Macoya <gasps> gasping awake in the grove with a fucked-up Celian soul, and half of their actual soul, like, put into their body, uh, alive now, beyond all odds, uh, and just as Macoya like- Re- like, their eyes seize upon their sisters whose faces all crumple in, like, exhausted relief, right? Just as their sisters, like, descend upon them to, like, lavish them in hugs, that scene freezes. Like, it's been suspended in time. And all of you, even you, Sitlali, in the ethereal plane, though you hear this voice from beyond where you're communing with Shuhei Miao and Makoya's. Well, half of Makoya's soul. All of you hear a voice ring out through the grove. Enough! You're all very persistent and very annoying, aren't you? Uh, and I think descending out of the weave, a shimmer of magic and Shu Hai Miao uh, appears, uh, <laughs> draped in these dark emerald robes interstitched with gold and silver thread, their long ponytail rippling behind them like a banner floating settle down into the center of this grove, this clearing. Uh, and you, Oka, you've just like, I think remorphed uh, in with your celian self. you see Shuhai Day land like right in front of you.
1: You again, what is your fucking
0: problem? What's my problem? But my problem is you won't stop interrupting very important work I'm attempting to do, and they're not supposed to be there. And you see them pull a hand forward and then grab, almost like they're, like, grabbing at someone's, like, scruff, who's invisible. And Sitlali, in the middle of you talking to Shu Hai Miao and half of He and soul, you just feel, like, something tug on that tether, and voska, you feel, like, you feel the tether just ripple through your hands, like someone behind you is like winding up a, a winch and like forcing mm. it to come back without your permission. And you see Sitlali's soul just sort of like f- tumble backward through the ethereal plane and slam back into her body. And Sitlali, you gasp awake.
2: Fuck is your problem? Vaska like fumbles in front of you, Sitlali, from the force of that and then immediately stands up, noticing that all hell is breaking loose once again and has Parable ready, like, standing guard over you because has no context for what this is happening.
0: Shuhai strides in front of you, Oka, until they're, like, kind of towering over you uh, by that one inch. All right, but I think... <laughs> but the ponytail adds, like, a foot. No, uh, they, like, they sort of look down at you imperiously uh, and say, That's what you did to my soul. Our soul, isn't it? You, you stitched it together with a corrupted emissary. Our soul. What is wrong with you? Do you know how much our soul is <laughs> what? worth?
1: What? What are you even talking? What was I supposed to do? I was dying! Lianya wasn't doing it! She was supposed she was... I thought she did it, she, she... I did it.
0: I did it. You are denser than a sack of rocks. I don't know what Sagu sees in you this time around. All of you are very good at being extremely annoying, but this ends now. I have a task a task of tantamount importance, a task that all of you seem hells-bent upon preventing me from completing.
2: Wait, tell what is this tantamount task that you would keep from your own... And you see, like, Vaska just, like, hissing, the UNT, like, finally emerging from her form, Nibusa like, healing and leaking off of her, storming up to Shuhai, standing shoulder-to-shoulder with... Oka and is saying you are the predecessor Paragon Oka is your legacy what are you doing for their benefit
0: what am I doing for their benefit Shinka? what am I doing I am doing <sighs> you have no idea the sacrifices the, the god shard of Sen called me here to your present to my future Because they were in danger. The cataclysm had come. They needed their paragon. They needed me. They reached across time and space to find me because you and they whirl upon you, Oka. You weren't ready yet. This starlessness, this void, this oblivion, this empty nothing, this never, this is the stranger's doing. I don't know how. I don't know why she's not here right now but this is her presence. And as the Paragon of Sen, as the Apostle of Change, which is also time, which is also death, it is my job to reverse what's happened here, restore the stars, and then return to my own time.
2: Oscar just laughs as as Parable falls limply. And here you are, before the future and looks upon Oka with this gentle loving eyes of like a caretaker and almost like as if you see another pair of eyes this laughter this outgoing char- charisma that's coming out of her reminiscent of another individual of top surgery scars of wide grinning teeth and looks back at Shuhai Holding Oka's shoulder. Hell bent upon stopping you, and the voice like merges alongside like Jinka's voice. So stubborn. If you can't break the river's flow, why not flow with it?
0: Jinka, you are not the paragon of change, of time. I can't expect you to believe, to remember. I left the others. I left to you. I left my friends in dire straits to heed the God shards' cry for help. I have no choice. I had no choice. This is my duty. This is my responsibility. You all call me cynical. I call myself pragmatic. I must help Sen here, and I must return to help my companions in my time, too, before it is too late, before she becomes too strong. I am fighting her in two realities, and I cannot entrust the safety of the realms to a half-grown paragon! And they gesture to Oka.
1: (laughs) I may have not been fucking ready before, but I'm ready now. You're the only thing standing in my way now.
0: So you want to prove your worth? Not just you, all of you, hmm? You want to prove you can help and not just get in my way? Fine. I'll give you a deal. Make it to the pagoda before the stars go out next time, and we'll talk more then. Getting on my last fucking no. And then an ox cart trundles up the main road, massive wheels churning through frozen mud, hits a hole filled with water, splash! A cascade of muddy filth splashes onto the hem of a tiefling woman's beautiful winter coat. She gasps, stalks off. A dancer twirls on stage wearing a white fox mask, doing an intricate, graceful rotation. You see a group of teens off to the side snickering. They uncork a bottle, splash oily liquid, stage slip, faw, smack onto the wood, and the audience starts laughing a fight breaks out on the threshold of an inn, four partygoers shoving and pushing and shouting until it escalates shouting in Khan and punches start getting thrown and we find all of you yet again at the entrance to Kinongbo on loop number three. The first thing that any of you do is Mercy turns around and punches Voska in the face. For, cool. Uh, for 21 points of bludgeoning damage, as her like knuckles just crack, I think against your cheekbone, like just as you're settling in and taking everything in, it just cracks against your face, without saying anything, and then she whirls not on you, but on Sit Lolly. What the fuck was that?
3: What? Which part? Unbeknownst to them. There's a second bud forming next to the first one. The, the,
0: that, the tattoos, the flowers on your body, and the the dying. You died. You died, and that was Voska's fault. But then you came back, and that was also Voska? But then you you died again. You left again. But then before you left again, you said you said Voska? So what the, what are you, what, what the fuck is happening? Hmm. Die, the second time. What, so did your
3: soul just leave your body? Yes. What is that if not dying? I mean, I don't think my pulse stopped, but it's kind of hard to tell. Now, did I get killed by a fucking Tarrasque?
2: Yes, you did. And Voska's like, adjusting her jaw.
0: That's... How was that Voska's fault, exactly? Because she was trying to reposition you. She was trying to put you in danger. You put her in danger.
2: I did. I failed to remove her from the danger. You're right. Don't you dare try to
0: make excuse... What? You're right. Well, yeah. Yeah the fuck I'm right! Of course I'm fucking right! You... We're not... Zidlali and I, we're just, we're people, okay? Something that the three of you obviously don't fucking understand. If we die here and it doesn't reset, that's it. We're done. Zidlali, you can't keep... This is too dangerous. You can't... Flinging your soul out of your body into the after, and and for what What if you didn't come back?
2: Mercy and I are on the same page here. That was very dangerous what you did. I did not know I could hold on to you.
3: Maybe so, but, um, and I think they turn to Oka and try to make eye contact.
1: I think Oka is kind of, because when the loop restarts, they're staring up at the stars. And I think they're still kind of doing that and crying. Because they're like looking up at the sky and looking for, like, like they're trying to search for clues in the sky. I can't cross over to the
3: after because of what Adam did to me. And I think their hand just kind of goes to the place where he bit them, like, absently. So I am technically the only person who can do that because they're paragons. And I'm not, so, I don't know. I feel like Shuhai said I didn't have, and Sitlali is immediately like into red string conspiracy board mode, right? Like the, it's so much easier to leave the emotion behind. So she just kind of launches in, not looking at anybody, but she, and like, as they're doing this, the, the second bud blooms into another marigold. And Shuhai said I didn't have all of the supplies, so clearly I need to bring something next time I do that. Um, So the next time I'm in the after, because now I know where Makoya hands after is. There's not going to be a fucking
0: next time, Sitlali. There's not going to be, you're not. I'm not going to let you throw yourself into danger, into the literal fucking jaws of death, knowingly, again. I can't lose you again, Sitlali. I...
1: Mercy... Did we you all... say Mikoya hands after? Yes. And I think Oka finally kind of looks down at Sitlali. You went to my after?
3: Well, the door of it, yeah. Why? To try and grab the rest of you. Obviously, that's been a, a point of concern about the state of your soul. Um... That Dr. O and I had been discussing that it occurs to me in this moment we, um, didn't have a chance to... So you agree with Shuhai? No. I'm not fucking good enough yet. No, you are good enough. You just might need all of you to do it.
0: Well then Voska can do it! Right? You're the soul magician here, Voska. Sitlali, why does Sitlali have to be the one to-to fling yourself at death's door? What if he gets sucked through and you never come back? Or what if you're stuck there forever? Or, I don't know, you just-you you disappear!
2: Why haven't you entered your after? Me? Yes.
3: I, I... can't. What? I'm not allowed to. Because, because of what of...
0: Adam did to you? Yeah. Yes. Why would that matter? What kind of bricks are guarding the doors to fucking paradise here? What was our fucking excuse? There is,
3: there is empty magic in my veins where my changeling magic should be mercy. What?
0: And that. Th- THEN THAT'S EVEN MORE REASON FOR YOU NOT TO DO THIS AGAIN, SITLALI. YOU NEED TO- WE NEED TO HELP YOU. WE HAVE TO FIX THAT FIRST. NO, IT'S USEFUL
3: FOR NOW. I CAN'T ENTER MY OWN AFTER, SO IF I DIE AGAIN- USEFUL!
0: USEFUL! USING THE EMPTY TO- REMEMBER HOW- HOW THAT FUCKING WORKED OUT FOR Jaron TRYING TO USE okay, THE well, EMPTY TO HIS
3: ADVANTAGE? I DIDN'T MAKE A FUCKING DEAL, IF
0: YOU RECALL. No, but it's still... If there's empty magic in you, Sitlali, and that's preventing you from going to the after, it just seems risky for you to try to go to the after over and over and over again. Yes. Quite. But I'm
3: not sending you. And I'm not sending any of them. Trust your second,
1: Mercy. Sitlali, you promised... You promised me you wouldn't leave me
3: again. Admittedly, the second time was not exactly anyone's fault. Dying isn't exactly pleasant, especially not like that.
0: What you're proposing to do is to, to what, die again so you can go to the after? That's the only way that I'm aware of that we could go to the after. I mean, I just did it without dying, didn't I? I wouldn't know if I would call that without
3: dying. Sidali. Oscar did I die?
2: Oscar has been listening very intently this entire time. Her face frozen stony. Technically, no, you didn't die. You willed your soul out.
3: So I'll just do that again, I suppose? Dying. Or I'll fucking die.
2: I will not you see every time as, as the time we're talking about this Vasa keeps looking at the pagoda looks back on all this and looks back at the pagoda technically you didn't die it would have been another set of processes for me to and she like bites her lower lip keep you here Zolali so, you are filled with boundless potential you are it would be irresponsible of me to not reiterate the dangers that you're about to step into. But if you found thereafter and she looks at Oka, and she's she's like pinches the bridge of her nose. <sighs> what is your plan?
3: Plan, uh I hope well, we it have- isn't
2: quite literally having someone kill you. That's too unstable. You understand, yes?
3: I mean, having a fucking Tarrasque kill me is too unstable. But maybe in a controlled environment. No.
2: No. No. You see, Bosca also shakes her head.
0: Absolutely not. And and willing yourself out of your body doesn't exactly
1: sound safe or replicable either.
2: It would be replicable if I was still holding the tether.
1: And it would be replicable if I was the one who killed you. Shut your mouth, Oka. Sh- shut it. Mercy. Come on. C-
0: c- come on, come on, what? You expect me. You expect me to just stand idly by with my fucking dick in my hand while my. one of my closest friends. Kills my partner, the old... For For... No, no, I'm not going to be a part of this. I refuse. I'm not going to be a fucking part of this. Mercy,
1: I just brought myself back to life, okay? I just watched myself die, and I just had to bring myself back to life with a fucking monster stitched into my soul. Can you give me an inch here so that we can save Andake, please?
0: Just because you're destined to die to save Endaki doesn't mean you can use everyone else's lives like fucking playing cards. They're not. (sighs) This? And, like, Mercy makes, like, a gesture at, like, your group in general. All of you, except you, Dewey, for some fucking reason, I don't know how, you all are unhinged, and I am not going to be a part of this. And Mercy turns and storms off up the main road. Babe, no.
2: See Voska like shake her head.
1: Give her a second to cool off.
4: Dude, and just mercy go, <laughs> and and then turns back to, Solali. And goes. And then what? What's your plan after that?
3: We get the soul back here, and then we
1: put it back in Oka. Uh, resident necromancer, nobody has ever taken us all back from the after. It's never happened.
3: And Leaf told me that no one has ever been denied entry because of. And they gesture to their face again. We're in kind of unprecedented territory here necromancer to necromancer.
1: (laughs) You'd need an unprecedented vessel to bring it back. You wouldn't just be able to hold my hand and... Mosca staring at Dewey <laughs> this entire time! <laughs> yep, Oka's eyes flick right over to Dewey. And Sitlali slow turns to Dewey.
4: Dewey's eyes flick between the three of them and like, Why? Wh- why are you all looking... What?
1: And then Oka's eyes slide down Dewey's body to the God Jar. No. Does that thing
4: still work? Okay, you weren't there for the whole thing, but like I had like character growth. De- and I, like, Dewey, being a- Dewey. And Oka starts like advancing a little bit. Dewey like slides ma- the jar to the you- back of <laughs> on his belt so it's behind him.
1: You-, you made the jar for me. You made it to house my soul when it got punched out of my body. Dewey, it's, it's,
4: it's perfect. Untested. And I'm not testing it on your soul. Sorry,
1: Dewey, but we're not in the URL anymore. We don't have any room for test runs. If we want to talk about unethical ideas,
3: um, technically we're full of test subjects and they just kind of gesture at Kinongbo. No. I mean, they'll Uh, come back. Silavi.
1: Do you hate your half brother? Uh, yeah, Maybe it but, uh, <laughs> uh, And Oka actually gets this expression on their face that is kind of unfamiliar. Like usually they're kind of gung ho for a little bit of violence and a little bit of fucked up shit, but they get this expression, that's like, a memory flitting past their eyes. Uh huh. Do you remember what I did to you, Silali? When I got my soul punched out, it's not pleasant. I think it would destroy them. Completely. Forever. I don't think any amount of magic could bring someone back from that. That's fair.
2: Okay. Instead of thinking in the realms of testing, I hate to be the one to remind us, we need to meet Shuhai at the top of that pagoda before this Lubens.
3: Oh well, shit, it's... you're right.
2: We don't if... have time for test runs.
3: If someone would like to, um, retrieve Mercy, we can, uh, I can playmp shift us there again. I'd do love we, to. Do you want
1: to come with me?
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he very it, reluctantly <laughs> goes after Mercy with Oka. Uh,
1: and you two figure out a way to hold on to each other's souls. Yeah. And Oka gives Sitlali like kind of an up and down look, like an almost not appraising, but like a careful look. And then their eyes shift over to Vasca, and there's this... Oka can't really hide their expressions, they're very plain-faced. Almost uh, shock, like the opposite of when you have just been slapped, or like you've just been slapped, but but with an affirmation that you were not expecting. Uh, and they kind of look Vasca up and down, and they go, uh... Sorry. And then they s- scoot after Dewey. It's like a
2: shadow of a slight smirk that forms on Voska's lips that once again is only Sitlali's only party to. It's so funny how this keeps happening.
0: I think on that, Oka and Dewey, the two of you, split off from Sitlali and Voska. And I think as Oka and Dewey disappear through the crowd, we're gonna hold on Sitlali and Voska as you're surrounded by these thrumming throngs of people preparing for Adolin. I
3: think Sitlali finds somewhere to sit uh, that's close by and just, like, kind of rest their cane against, let's say, like, a low wall or something. And just kind of, like, thousand-yard stairs t- t- into the middle distance, because that was a lot that we're trying to process.
2: Oscar stood up by Sitlali and just kind of looks, side gl- sideways glance over to them, it's like, it is an extremely loaded question. Are you okay?
3: I mean, I'm not dead. Or trapped between worlds, which sounds about like the nothing plane, but worse somehow. Which is what Leaf said would probably happen to me if we don't get this empty magic out of me before I am actually supposed to die. And when are we supposed to die, Vasca? How is that a thing? What is destiny? What is, um, I... And they just kind of, like, put a hand to their temple. Asuka sits down. And I think she looks over to you, and her pupils are probably, like, very large. Um, is this too reckless? Is this too much? Am I am I doing too much? I mean, probably, but, like, relatively, you know, end <laughs> of the world and all that. Um <laughs>
2: You want my honest opinion?
3: Yes, regrettably.
2: You are doing an awful lot. But after knowing you for what feels like forever with these loops, that seems just like you, if that makes
3: sense. I suppose it does.
2: I do understand where Mercy is coming from.
3: Yeah, I... I don't...
2: She's and she kind of like fixes herself, positioning before your gaze. No one should see their love cut down like that.
3: Was it bad? Yes. How bad? Horrifying. And Sitlali just kind of stares off in the direction that Mercy walked.
2: Mercy's not trying to be difficult. I understand her feelings.
3: I don't want to be doing this to her, but I think I have to.
2: I know. You're doing it for. for Kuroka, aren't you?
3: For Ndake, yes. Obviously. That's what we're all doing here, right?
2: Voska, Silali, you can tell. Voska is questioning in her mind whether to say this or not. There's this look of calculation. I did not save you, or Andake.
3: Why did you?
2: Because when someone is lost, it is not just them who is lost. It sends out a ripple across ponds and rivers of time. Mercy would be hurt. Oka would be hurt. Dewey would be hurt. I would be hurt. You are, as I've said, an individual of boundless potential. You matter. And the ripples and effects that you will have upon this world and every run in it, boundless.
3: I mean, I'm no paragon, but like, yeah, I kind of matter, I guess.
2: You do. You may not be a paragon, but you are going to save one.
3: <laughs> I fucking hope so.
2: Bosco looks out into the distance. I know so.
0: And I think on that, We cut to a royal party. Oka and Dewey, the two of you, have followed Mercy's trail, uh, up the hill of Kinongbo, up past the abandoned shuttered residential buildings, as well as shops left to close in anticipation of Adolin. Uh, And you fall, it's not difficult to track Mercy. She sort of leaves a trail of destruction in her wake. You just have to follow people who've been shoved to the ground, Uh, food stalls that have had uh, meat skewers stolen and taken from, you know, like big, like greatsword cleaving areas of when she literally just cleaved through a small stage uh, and like threw a puppeteer to the ground and whatnot. Not hard to follow Mercy. Uh, She radiates passive destruction, I think. So I think we find the two of you under, like, a beautiful, like, archway strung with these, like, crimson paper lanterns and all these nobility of Jukai just milling about this garden, beautiful koi fish swimming in translucent ponds, right? The sound of music ringing out from elevated stages and the two of you are framed under this entryway.
1: I think if it's okay, Oka will have started talking to Dewey kind of on the way up to the garden party. And I think they're maybe, like, walking in silence for a few moments before Oka kind of gives a sidelong look at Dewey. And I think trying not to look at him specifically, they just kind of start talking. Um, it's been a long time since the start of
4: all this. I mean, it's been like 12 hours?
1: N- no, I mean, um, <laughs> since we met, do we?
4: Oh. Yeah. Feels like a long time.
1: It does. You're different. I'm different. And it's not just the, you know, Anoka gestures vaguely.
4: The wings. You don't really believe, um, the shuhai's, uh, your broken stuff, right?
1: I don't know. I wonder if the real question is whether it matters if I'm broken or not. Who cares? Maybe I am. Maybe.
4: I mean, we've all had a lot of stuff happen to us, I feel like, that we didn't have much of a choice in, but I think it matters what you want now. (laughs) I think I've always wanted this.
1: Is that weird to say?
4: Maybe when we first started all this, Uh, but no, not anymore.
1: I just... It's funny, I I for a long time thought that in order to protect someone, you had to leave them. Because when I look back on everything, all I see is the monstrous parts. All I see is Atalanta dying, whenever I look at Vasca just because we were close to her. When I look at Joran, all I see is... Ravi. The pain in his face whenever he thinks that I'm not looking at him. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if the gods make us more monstrous. Or less.
4: I mean, I don't think you would have had these people die if, um... You had your way, and I mean, what everyone's been telling me is all that getting a god does is uh, make you more capable of like enacting your will. Um, this is a, this is a convoluted way. I'm not doing a good job convincing anyone here, huh?
1: You know, Dewey. Sometimes I don't really even need you to try to convince me of everything. Sometimes just looking at you makes me think that
4: we'll be okay that's super touching uh also very strange given what we've all been through what you've seen from me
1: i i know um, and you're still alive dewey how the fuck is that possible and oga kind of like stops in the crowd you're alive you're powerful you're smart you're a paragon so am i
4: yeah you tell me you're one to speak how the fuck are you still alive
1: <laughs> how are you still alive dewey how are you still alive
4: how are you alive
1: Because I brought myself back to life!
4: Hell yeah you did,
1: huh? (laughs) (sighs) Fuck. I never stay dead. Maybe that's a good thing.
4: Maybe you can use that for good.
1: I missed you a lot. I missed you too. And I know everyone, V especially, gives you a hard fucking time about the whole, you know... Paragon killer thing, but you were trying your best for me, for my family. And I don't really think I've ever said thank you for that. So thank you.
4: Maybe, maybe wait to thank me until we figure out if this thing is actually, can actually be used for good to save <laughs> yeah, um, well, that you your the- soul. <laughs>
1: You might not believe in your inventions, Stewie, but everyone else does. Come on, we have a really, really angry woman to go settle. How did
4: she get this far?
1: Uh, Mercy? Yeah. I have no fucking idea how she's alive either.
4: Yeah, that's the, the biggest question I have.
1: Bullshit!
0: All of you hear Mercy's voice ring across Uh, the garden of this party. She wasn't talking to you, but her voice carries. Uh, And she's sort of sitting around a card table, like an outdoor card table under like a cute little, like, I think wooden archway with like lots of like planted vegetables nearby. And she like slams down a mahjong tile and like points at someone, I think like a Jukan noble. I call bullshit. And this Jukon noble, who's like a beautiful, I think like lizard folk with these like gills open on their their like their emerald neck goes, ma'am, this is Mahjong. I don't know what game you're playing, but we that's that's not really a rule here. Well, I think you're a lion! You can't exactly lie, uh, <laughs> in Mahjong. Hmm all right, this is, whatever, this game is boring. And she gets up and, like, moves away. Oh, well, we can't just... And they, like, start cursing in Jukan under their breath as, like, everyone grumbles and is forced to, like, reshuffle (laughs) because a player just randomly leaves. And you see Mercy, like, cutting a very intimidating and fast, surprisingly fast form across the party.
1: Okay. Okay. And I think Oka also strides into the party like they're supposed to be there. Is my horrible stepbrother here too, Connie?
0: Absolutely. Your stepbrother is exactly where you found him the first loop. Uh, He is sitting, I think, at a little two-player sort of shogi table, uh, facing off against Zephyr. He does not seem to have noticed you or Doobie yet.
1: I think Oka tries to cut a beeline through the party toward Mercy and just like as soon as they're up on her they just kind of like grab part of her shirt and start dragging her toward the shogi table hey who do the fuck are you game oka Come let on. me go oka i said let me go i'm not in the do mood you wanna, do you want to do you want to play a game or not like a real one okay fine but just a game it's just a game fine
0: and she like lets herself be be called
1: uh, and i think oka just kind of sits themselves right next to their brother like at the shogi table Uh, and, like, gestures for Mercy to sit on the other side, and I was like, Dewey, pull up a chair, will you?
4: No, that's (sighs) the guy that is obsessed with me. I don't want anything.
1: Well, 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 And Oka makes a face.
0: If it isn't, if it isn't you, Oka, back again, what'd I tell you about this little quest of yours being futile? Don't think I didn't see the Tarask last time. That was a nice addition. How's your heroism going?
1: Going fine, thank you for asking. Will you reshuffle, please? Prince Moore.
0: Uh, Zephyr cuts in, right? This <laughs> uh, peregrine falcon-like aracocra raising their, you know, eyebrows, but taking this all in stride, like very graciously, to whom do we owe the pleasure? And like, addresses the rest of you.
1: Prince Macoya Hien. Pleasure. Makoya Hien, now that is a familiar name.
0: Ah, the Exile. Ah, the
1: Exile. Shuffle the cards.
0: Uh, Zephyr looks back at Prince Maw, who just, like, gestures like a hand, waves it kind of dismissively, and... (sighs) As you wish. And Zephyr starts, like, I think, shuffling, like, the Shogi tiles, like, back across and start starting to deal them, like, on one side of the board to the other side of the board. Uh, because it's, like, it's basically, like, Japanese chess, so there's, like, one side and the other side. Uh, Mercy sits down, uh... He smiles at Mercy, sort of, like, his eyes glancing over her huge scars, like, her eye patch. Like, she does not look like Jukan nobility by any stretch of the imagination. Like, people are starting to stare. And you must be perhaps a retainer or a mercenary or a sellsword attached to the gracious princes. My name's Mercy, leader of the Hounds of Mercy, kid. Careful how you address me. I'm, uh, actually, I'm a, uh, hmm. I'm also a, uh, I'm also a prince. Isn't that right, Prince Hien? I am Lady Mercy. The Hounds of Mercy are, of course, a, they are, of course, a clan of Kirtal. And I am a uh, I am a lord. I'm a lord of that clan. Yes, mm-hmm. That's me.
1: Mm-hmm, lord of bullshit. Mercy?
0: Pff, shut it! Uh, and she stomps on your foot <laughs> under the table. Oh, I wasn't aware that... Leaders of clans in Kirtal called themselves lords. I thought that was just in Jukai. I believe they call themselves Agons, but I'm not Kyrian. Perhaps I'm mistaken. And you are? Turn to you, Dewey.
4: Dewey is standing 10 feet away from the table, trying to shuffle himself behind a stone lantern.
0: Make a dex save.
4: Behind. <laughs> <The> high? 23. <laughs>
0: Okay, you know what? I'll roll I for I am it. the
4: shape and size of the lantern. <laughs>
0: I'll roll for it. I'll roll for it. Hold on. Okay, you can have it. Uh, I think as you try to shuffle behind this lantern, like a a group of like puppeteers come by and they don't even notice you. They start to try to like, if if you had not saved, you would have been pushed by these puppeteers into Zephyr, I think. Like we sat at the Shoki table, but you, you manage to maneuver yourself around them as they just sort of like separate the two of you. Oh. Oh, I, I didn't quite catch
1: that. What? What was your name? Is that Eric Cucre with you? Yeah, I think you should actually maybe go see if he needs anything. Yeah, this he's is more a, of a servant. Three situation.
0: Uh, Come here, clown quirk. Likes to be called clown quirk as is his role as my servant and personal entertainer.
4: Dewey shoots both of them a very dirty look, uh, and straightens himself up. Uh, brushes off his robes. And he's like, uh. Yeah, Dewey is fine. I'm the, not the clown. Um, I'm the retainer. I'm the mercenary.
0: Oh, you. Uh, and Zephyr, like, looks at, like, looks at Mercy's massive imposing body, and then down at you, very slender, with your robes, you know, you look very graceful. Yes, that, um, that makes immediate sense to me.
4: Uh, shuffle the cards.
1: Of course
0: uh he like starts to like put the shogi tiles back in their correct position
1: mercy you want to go first yeah yeah been a while since I've played shogi you know I'm actually really good at shogi I'm great at
0: shogi chess go mahjong bullshit poker uh three draconic mage anti what else there's one more that I'm really good at Oka. what is it uh double bullshit Double Bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's so much fun. I'm so good at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm unbeatable. I'm unbeatable. Oh, then perhaps you should play Double Bullshit instead of Shogi if it appears that you're so enthusiastic about this particular game, Lady Mercy. Ah, you know what? Yeah, I have the deck that I usually use for it right here, too. You know, let's just take these. And she, like, just shoves the shogi tiles off of the table and pulls out an obviously, like, trick deck of cards, like, from, like, from her belt. She corks it open and, like, starts, like, like, dealing everyone cards. Now, the good thing about this is everyone gets to play, so no one's left out. Even you, Quirk, even you.
4: What does that mean?
0: Oh, it's just that we usually don't let him play in our games, you know, because he's he's fond of um, uh, cheating. He cheats all the time, so watch him. That's the guy you should watch during this game.
4: The name of the game is Double Bullshit. There's no amount of cheating involved?
0: Well, I mean, it's only how much you can get away with. Know what I mean? Come on, Oka, come on.
1: Mercy, we all know that you're technically not unbeatable in Double Bullshit.
0: I am the consecutive seven-year winner
1: of double bullshit. You have never beaten me in a single match. Mercy, you shouldn't lie in front of our new friends. Friends? Remember that one night just outside of Rosso in Badlands?
0: That one doesn't count. I thought we both agreed that that one did absolutely did not count.
1: No? No. I think that would really only make your seven-year consecutive streak three years. Oof.
0: You're well. I'm gonna call it double bullshit on that because you see, the technicality of that situation was well. I was I was angry at you, so I double wasn't bullshit playing mercy yeah. in my right mind. Yeah, I'm calling double bullshit on that.
4: And that's They're the game. We're gonna call it double bullshit right now. G- good game everyone. And I think everyone. it just
1: it escalates. <laughs> You're going to call double bullshit on me. We mm-hmm. haven't even looked at our fucking cards, Mercy. Oh, yeah? Well, fuck it. well, fucking show them! Yeah, you want me to show me my fucking cards? Yeah, show them! Oka launches themselves across the table at Mercy.
0: <laughs> I, uh, you. The, the chair tips backward as the two of you hit the ground and you start rolling around. I think you're just throwing punches, actually. You're just attacking each other. You
1: little fucking...
0: Oh, like She's like going at you, like wailing on you.
1: Uh-huh, and Oka like, kind of, like, ducks and blocks and then, like, punches her once really hard in the gut. That uh, is for being such a fucking stubborn asshole! I'm not a stubborn asshole!
0: Oh, yeah? Well, that's—and she, like, kicks you really hard in the shins! For trying to suggest that my partner should fucking go to the after again! Whose side are you on? I thought you were on the side yeah. of, let's not try to needlessly
1: endanger everyone's lives! Uh, Mercy, this is a world of danger. What are we supposed to do?
0: Oh, Mercy, and this Oka is a world like, of danger. Well, maybe not, we'll not take risks, you know,
1: that are gonna fucking happen? Oka punches her in the tit. Ah! That is for not believing in your partner. Sitlali is smart and strong. They can do this, Mercy. They just need you to ground them, to be with them. I need you to ground me, to be with me. So stop being such a fucking tit. And what if they don't come back? Huh? What
0: if it's... What if it's Ravi again? Or Atalanta? And they don't come back? Then I'll have no one. After all this, after you all save the world, and if you die too, I will have literally no one. So what kind of a future will I be fighting for if I don't have her?
1: And Uka kind of like breathes, kind of like swings one more at her, but it just kind of like bounces off. And they just kind of like lean forward and bury their head in her chest and like hug her kind of like low around the waist. I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna let that happen, Mercy, I won't. I promise. Please, 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 trust me. I can't lose her, either. Please. Fine. But if
0: Voska says anything along the lines of I told you so, or if she just gives me, like, a smug look, you are going to stand idly by while I stab her really hard. Deal. Just once. I just want to get a really good stab in.
1: You don't have to quantify it. I said deal. Good. All right, fuck. All right, let's regroup. Prince Moore,
0: it was great to see your shitty little face again. Huh. So you haven't given up then? What? Okay, you're going to go charge up there, try to save the world again? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I am. And I'll keep trying. As long as it fucking takes. Why? I have no fucking idea. But I think I have to. Because I want to. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Because that's the kind of person I want to be. Sagu said I get to choose who well, I'm choosing. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping till it's done.
0: Well fucking said, Oka. Come on, Dewey. Let's get out of here. This party fucking blows.
1: Yeah, they always do.
0: Put up an ice wall next time. It's cooler that way. Don't fucking tell Voska I said that.
4: Either of you. I make no problems. And Dewey, uh,
1: good well, first game Dewey? of double bullshit.
4: Hold on, Oka. Yeah, do, it, do they always wh- end like that? I thought I heard some snark. Was that snark, Dewey? Did you call me a clown?
0: I did. I did call you a clown. It's okay. Hey, well, you don't have to take it so personal? They'll forget about it the next time the cycle wipes over. Well, Prince Moore won't.
4: Yeah, I super care about. That's the one I was embarrassed of in front of. Uh, how much time do we have left?
0: Not a lot. Come on, come on, come on. We've dallied enough, says Mercy, even though she's the one dallying. Uh, and she's got to, like, sling an arm around your shoulder, Oka, and. Dis, despite what you might want She puts a she puts a hand around your back And like pulls you along as well Dewey and the three of you set out uh, Away from this party And like as the three of you disappear through the crowd uh, Prince Moore and Zephyr just sort of sit there With all the tiles I think Mercy left her cards behind <laughs> Like just everything's just like flown all over the place And Zephyr picks up a couple of cards Sees that they're all fakes You know like doubles of like several And there's like several that are clearly marked In marker to like you know indicate which is which and Prince just goes, "Who the fuck is Sagu?" You know, I don't think Dewey was a clown. Uh, and we pan back to where Sitlali and Vasca are as they wait for Ocambercy and Dewey to come back.
2: goes doing a full soul physical right now, just making sure everything's intact. Pacing around.
3: I feel fine relatively, what even is fine at this point. I'm fine, Vasca. It's gonna be fine. I'm
2: just making sure because I quite literally snatched you from the river of fate. And it's like you can feel like a very gentle tug at your at like this really beautiful like rainbow opalescent like tether and it's like And also they're taking a little long and I'm making sure nothing else goes awry. You seem Yeah.
3: Fine. So Question. How? I got eaten by a Tarrasque. And then I woke up and we were in the past?
2: Not eaten, bitten, and tossed aside, but
3: yes. How did we get there? Was that that Shuhai? Did Shuhai send us on some...
2: It was Oka. Oka found some way to rake the continuum in some fashion using and she like touches her flat chest like just below like the sternum area yeah
1: Oka did what?
2: she kind of like pauses her face still like cold and stony using Nibusa's I don't quite understand it myself. It's not magic that I'm familiar with, but using my connection with Nibusa somehow as a tether or connection to break the continuum, as far as I understand from that situation.
3: Oka broke time and space. Yes. So that they could go back and fix their soul?
2: I... I cannot speak as to why Oka did that, but if I were to hazard a guess, it was for you. It was too late for my own magic tour. I had lost you.
3: That's not, and Sitlali gets like the, Sitlali gets a very difficult to read face, I think, and is like trying to do the math and the pieces aren't quite ...clicking together? Why would they... ...do... That doesn't make any sense. No, they must have... They must have known somehow that... they ...it would take them back to the Silent Grove... ...and maybe they felt... ...pulled there because of... ...the Sin stuff and because... ...they're... ...their guard... ...their... ...the one who was supposed to shepherd... ...shepherd them into the after is... ...shoe-high, so... They did it because they're a, a good
0: sh- fucking person... said Ollie. And I think coming out of, like, the crowd, uh, toward where the two of you are doing, you know, impromptu soul surgery, uh, is Mercy, uh, flanked by Oka and Dewey.
1: And I what think... What I do?
0: I think Satlali gets very quiet and very
3: still and does not meet either of your gazes. I
2: was merely mentioning that how we were brought to the Silent Groove was by your doing.
1: Right. I, um, sorry about that, Voska. I just couldn't think of another way to, um, I don't know, undo memory? Except for maybe stabbing the god of memory? Sorry.
0: Maybe we should do it again. If we're going to attempt this whole getting into the after situation, maybe if we stab Nabusa out of Voska, that'll get Nabusa to the after, and Nabusa can use, like, threads to, like, you know, like a fish, like, hook... Makoya Hien
1: back here. It makes sense to me. I think the jar, um, we decided on the jar while you were gone, Mercy. Okay, fine, whatever. I was
0: just, I might as well, you know, I was gonna pitch it as an idea. Fine, fine, fine. I'll go along with this for now. Uh, but, but the instant, the instant this plan starts to go haywire, the instant Sid Lali looks like they might not come back, Voska, pull her back.
2: Voska nods. I will. And walks over to Oka when you apologize. Who has a black eye? Who has a black eye? <laughs> I think you match bruises, you know, Oka, and <laughs> oh, Voska.
1: It's the same mercy fist-sized bruise yeah. on the cheek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Trying to do something gay and cute. Hang on! <laughs> and Voska kind of like steps up to you. Puts both hands on each of your shoulders. Like cupping the sides of your shoulders. There's nothing to apologize for. I forgive you. And should the need arise again, I am ready.
1: Oga kind of stares silently up into Vasca's face, searches it, wondering briefly if she's talking about getting stabbed or if she's talking about an Atalanta and they just nod
2: grips your shoulder like very lightly it almost doesn't even register as a grip and steps back and once again her arm tucked below her lower back
1: she walks on over towards Solali can you um? can you warp us up there again yeah Yeah, um, is Shuhai gonna fucking kill me this time? Fuck if I know. They have an attitude worse than mine somehow.
0: It's pretty on par, but I would say that theirs is slightly worse.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can see the the resemblance, I
0: guess. Ah, Oka, it's minimal. You're you're hotter, so you don't
1: have to worry about that. That is true. (laughs) What? And Oka, like, flushes a little. Uh th- this
0: Don't worry. Sa- your Sagu is still your Sagu. They're not going to fall. Shut for sure up. That I Mercy, will. shut are the they... fuck up.
1: Where,
4: where where is this um Dr. Headshotton? Oh, so.
1: Why are you saying it like you don't know who they are? It's Dr. O. I wasn't going to call them the
4: pet name. That felt weird.
1: It's not a pet name. It's a that's a pet name. It's, it's a nickname. It's a casual nickname. Oh, casual. Yes. Why are we doing this right now? Well, you're yeah.
0: a uh, doctor in the high tower, locked away, guarded by the evil Tarasque, uh, away to
1: Oka, so... Mercy, you want to play another round?
0: You want another black eye?
2: We are Let's on just... a timer.
1: Fine.
0: All right, so Lolly, are you feeling up to it? Yeah. Um. Mercy, are we good? <sighs> we're we're good, we're good. I want I want to talk with you, but not this is priorities, other priorities, but we're we're good. Okay, I trust you. I believe in you. Okay. Um yeah,
3: we'll talk. Yeah, and they just kind of start drawing out the sigil that they need. To cast plane shift, and they are trying to target more specifically the top where Shuhai is, so that we're not 300 feet away again, because this has happened twice now, and they've seen and they're, they're no charasks, please, please just
0: please please let enter. Okay, give me a D20 roll plus three, because this is your third loop.
2: May I cast Guidance to help (laughs) (laughs) Sit'lali?
0: Yeah, sure, 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 sure.
2: Vasca, like, looks at you, Sit'lali, and as you are, like, making this, she just spins Parable in her hand, and it creates this, like, almost high-pitched flute sound just from it whipping in the wind. And I cast Guidance on you. That's an additional D4 to whatever the check this is. This is a Connie check. Get an extra D4 for your Connie check.
3: Cool. So I rolled a natural 20 and a 4. And it was plus
0: 3. So plus 20, 27. 27. Okay, whatever. Uh, Yeah. The <laughs> time and space bend and warp around your party. And... <laughs> The sights and sounds of the bottom of the hill of Kinongbo just disappear. Colors bleeding into each other's sounds, melting into smells, melting into sensation. People's faces just elongate and warp and warp and warp. These threads and strands of color and poof, they wobble and stabilize. And you're at the top of the pagoda. It is a broad, vast, almost like a circular kind of balcony uh, that has this huge archway leading deeper into, like, a temple or an altar place. But this is the 80th floor, right? So this, like, fresh air and these clouds billow all around you. There is a wooden banister surrounding everything, interstitched occasionally by these stone pillars with various celestial, I think, like, Jukan beasts and emissaries, uh, statues of them carved upon... And like ancient Shukan heroes and lords as well, just all around the rim of this like circular perimeter. Shu Hai Miao is pacing back and forth, back and forth, I think, pulling at strands of the weave around them. They're they appear to be in the middle of ritually casting something. You can hear them sort of mutter something in a language none of you speak. It sounds like Yukon, but very, very ancient. Uh and you see like little ping 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 ping, ping motes of magic floating all around them like uh these emerald green glowing fairy lights just sort of bobbing in sort of like a magical circle around them and they they occasionally pull at these lights and they like make an accordion fan out with their palms, and stretch the light out to see various little sigils inside, and they pull at some sigils and throw some away. They're casting some sort of spell. They're trying to weave some sort of magic around, and you feel the weave, like, tense and wobble all around them, but you're not exactly sure, like, what the extent of this particular, uh, spell work is. And Dr. Eluso is sitting at a tea table, uh, that has been put out here. Uh, they're just sort of kneeling on, like, a little, like, cushion, and they're drinking tea, and they're watching Shu Hai work, and as soon as all of you appear, they set the tea down and look startled. Oh! Uh, and Shu Hai also pauses. They're back to your group. They throw a look over their shoulder. This episode of The Second Stranger was edited by Connie Chong. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransPlanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransPlanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Alex, Brookbright. Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Lyle and Peanut, Purple Mouse, Riley, Scrufficus, and Target.